Hello, and welcome to the reading room. This is Kate, or Mrs. Lemonade on Twitter, and today I will be reading Chapter 11 of Hot-Headed by Maisie Kitten. Disclaimer, this fic is rated for mature audiences. Please see the archive of our own link in the description for additional text. Achako sat on a plush couch next to Mount Lady, facing another couch seating Edshot and Bakugo. She seemed to be having a staring contest with the latter person, as neither of them had given in and looked away from the other, even as introductions were made and they were seated to be debriefed on the mission. We received a request recently to provide two heroes as an escort for the Prince of Croatia, Prince Nathaniel, who will be visiting Japan for the week, Mount Lady explained, bringing a picture of a dark-haired, pale-skinned young man with crystal blue eyes up on a large display that hung behind her desk. Achako finally tore her eyes away from Bakugo to look up at the photo. He looked to be about her age, maybe a little bit older, and his face was angular with high cheekbones and a soft dimple in his chin. She would definitely have described him as handsome. He'll be arriving on Monday and be staying until Saturday, Mount Lady went on. There is no real imminent threat on his life, but he is a public figure and royalty, so his status requires a guard. But, she flipped her hair while saying this, not that much of a guard. So Edshot and I agreed to hand off this task to you two. He doesn't know that you two are students, so don't bring that up. I want him to always have confidence in the people in charge of his safety. You will be staying at his hotel with him on the same floor. You will report to the airport bright and early at 7 a.m. on Monday, and will be with him with minimal outside support from then on until he leaves Saturday evening. Any questions? Achako felt excited to be given such a crucial mission on her very first day of her internship. She was determined to prove that she was responsible enough for this. She vigorously shook her head, but when she heard that annoying ch coming from the person across from her, she looked back over to see him rolling his eyes. This is nothing. I should be thrown into the action-fighting villains, not babysitting a pretty boy. He scoffed. Mount Lady and Edshot frowned. Achako felt mortified. They'd given them a job to do on their own, when they could have just had them following around holding their purse, figuratively speaking. Talk about arrogant. She burned to say something snippy, but Mount Lady only responded, Baby steps, Bakuyokatsuki. Prove that you can do this with no issues, and you will be thrown into the action. She looked at Achako, too. Both of you will. Achako beamed, her face brightening at the acknowledgement and being given a clear path to doing hands-on hero work. But he just had to open his mouth again. I'm pretty sure I've proven myself to be ready already. This is sidekick work, he grumbled. Achako felt her face getting hot in anger and couldn't stop her words from coming out before she said, Stop being so rude. We should be grateful they gave us a mission to do without any supervision. I bet there are other students who are going to be put on desk duty the whole summer. You should show some respect, Bakugo. His eyes turned back to her, glowing like molten lava. Of course you're okay with doing the boring work, Pink Cheeks. You've never tried to be anything but middle of the pack. Her face flushed hotter at the stinging retort. You know that's not true, she said, her voice getting higher in volume. I just know that there are steps you have to take before getting to the top. You can't just blast away all of the people around you. That's not how you become a hero. Aw, poor sweet little Achako-chan, always wanting everyone to like her, always following the beaten path, always picking the safe choice. Bakugo growled at her, a sneer coming to his lips. Achako jumped to her feet, Bakugo quickly rising as well. Her heart was pumping with adrenaline and rage. 
He always hit the lowest blow he possibly could. After everything, she thought he might at least pull his punches, but no, he was still a jerk. Um, Mount Lady tried to say, but Ashako didn't hear her before she went on. Well, I certainly don't need your help in this, Bakugo. I can guard the prince myself, as if I'd want to work with you anyway, she practically yelled. Bakugo opened his mouth to snap back, but his eyes darted to the photo up on the screen and back to her. His expression became almost wild with rage. You'd like that, wouldn't you? He bellowed at her. I would, actually, she shrieked back. Well, that's too bad, Floaty, he yelled again, stomping his way toward the door. He opened it and turned back to the room. Monday, he growled and slammed it, leaving Achako alone with the other two heroes. Mount Lady and Edshot looked stunned, their eyes going from Achako to the door and back again. Then Mount Lady smiled wickedly as though she now understood everything perfectly. Well, I'm glad you've got a handle on things at Ravity. Good luck on your mission. Report back here on Saturday, she said, effectively dismissing her. Edshot still held a look of confusion and turned to Mount Lady questioningly as Achako excused herself from the room as well. She spent the weekend brushing up on her English, hoping she would be able to communicate with Prince Nathaniel without much trouble. Is that what they even spoke in Croatia? She wasn't sure, but it was the only other language she knew. Looking back on her schooling, she was now thankful they had had to take so many English classes. On Monday morning, she arrived at the airport at 6.30 a.m., dressed in her hero costume and ready to work. She met up with the chauffeur, a kindly older man who was hired to drive the prince around for the week. She waited with him in some incredibly uncomfortable plastic seats, checking the time every so often, wondering if Bakugo would really show up or if he'd changed his mind and had blown off this mission like he'd intended. As she waited, she would occasionally wave back at people who recognized that she was a hero and would thank her for protecting them. Their kindness filled her heart up and reminded her of all the reasons she wanted this job so badly. At around 6.55, Achako began sweating bullets and truly feeling nervous. Bakugo still hadn't shown up and she could hear the princess flight being announced as arriving. As Seven rolled around, she got up and began pacing while looking in the direction of the gate, expecting to see the prince coming up any minute. Then she saw him. Pushing through the crowd, an ash-blonde head topped with black and orange stripes poked up above most everyone else, making its way toward her. Despite having said she'd rather do this by herself, Achako felt such immense relief when Bakugo's large frame came into view. Her knees felt weak. He wore his usual bored expression as he approached them, not taking his crimson eyes from hers. Took you long enough? Achako hissed when he reached them. I really thought you were going to leave me hanging. He gave her an irritated scowl. He said seven, and here at seven, he threw back at her. You should know by now I'm not going to go back on my word. She raised an eyebrow at him. I don't know any such thing. Then please tell me the last time I did, he asked in a scathing tone. Achako thought for a moment, fully intending to prove him wrong, but she found that she couldn't actually think of any time he'd broken a promise or gone back on his word. There had even been the time he'd sworn to win the sports festival first year, and he'd actually done it. He gave her a smug smirk, clearly knowing she wasn't able to come up with one. She rolled her eyes. Oh, so what? You're here now. Focus on the mission. She turned away from him and came face to face with Prince Nathaniel, beaming down at her. It probably had something to do with the fact that he was smiling and had the most perfect dimples, but he seemed like he was even more handsome in person. 
She couldn't help it as she smiled back at him, feeling her cheeks warm. Hi, I'm Prince Nathaniel. You two were the only ones who seemed to be dressed like heroes here, so I assumed you might be my guards while I'm here, he said with a reasonably good Japanese accent. Hachako sighed inwardly. Of course he would speak Japanese. He was a royal, after all, and expected to be able to speak with many different diplomats. She felt embarrassed that she had wasted so much time on such a ridiculous concern. She nodded vigorously. Yes, that's us. You can call me a ravity, and this guy behind me you can just call Bakugo. We're very pleased to meet you, she said, bowing low. When she lifted her head, he took her hand and bowed to kiss it, making her blush furiously, and a few people around them glanced admiringly in their direction. It's a pleasure to meet you both as well, Aravati, Bakugo, he replied, shifting his eyes from hers to, presumably, Bakugo's behind her, his smile widening slightly more at him. Are we going or what? Bakugo snapped from behind her. She turned and shot him a death glare, but the prince only said, Oh yes, let's. He sounded so excited. Achako let Bakugo's comment go and began leading the way out of the airport. The chauffeur had already disappeared out to the car with the prince's bags. Of course, when they got out to the pickup zone, a limo was waiting for them. Achako kept her composure, but inside she was squealing like a child. She'd never been in a limo before and was excited to see inside. She chanced to glance at Bakugo to see his reaction, or, for some reason she could not for the life of her understand, share her excitement, but he had his attention on the prince who was currently climbing into the back seat. After they were seated, Prince Nathaniel, having the whole back seat to himself and Achako and Bakugo sitting in the long seat on the side, a good yard between them, they took off toward the hotel. He looked at them then. So Aravity and Bakugo, how long have you two been heroes? He asked, his angelic smile still gracing his features. Ajako tensed. He wasn't supposed to know they weren't fully-fledged heroes, and his very first question was about to already blow their cover. Just as she was about to answer with her best way to dodge the question, his phone rang, and he frowned, taking it out of his pocket to check it. I'm sorry, he said. I have to take this. Then answered the phone and began having a conversation in English. Ajako let out a sigh of relief and turned to Bakugo, who was staring out the window, looking as if he'd rather be anywhere than seated here on these fine leather seats. She took him in. He looked no worse for the wear after what had transpired between them. He was his usual haughty self with his friends and had continued about his days as if nothing had changed at all, the only difference being that he would hardly even look at her, let alone antagonize her. She had had to admit after a few days of him ignoring her completely that, while his rudeness was not missed, his attention kind of was, in a weird way. She had come to expect his behavior as though it had become a part of her routine. His feud with her had made her feel stronger and more self-confident when she'd snap back at him. Him just ignoring her had, once again, very weirdly, added to her unhappiness. Now he was sitting next to her. He'd spoken to her for the first time in weeks a few days ago, and again today, almost like nothing had changed. It reminded her of how she'd wish she could have mended whatever relationship they'd had back when she'd made up with Deku. Now maybe they could, but she still wasn't sure if she wanted to, and him wanting to was surely a wild card. He began tapping on his legs, some kind of beat he must have heard or thought up, and she watched him lean back, relaxing further into the seat. She considered the possibility that tapping like that soothed him or gave him something to do with his mind when he was truly bored. Then his eyes shifted to her and he stopped. Haven't you been watching me long enough, Floaty? You need something, he quipped. 
Machaco felt her cheeks heat at being called out more so than being caught. Ugh, get over yourself. I can look at who I want. She snapped back, keeping her voice low so the prince wouldn't hear. Well, I guess I can't blame you. He came back with a smirk. She had to hold back from slapping him and settled on a scowl instead. You have no shame, she whispered yelled. I don't know why I even try with you. I was looking at you because I was considering trying to talk to you and maybe mend things between us. I don't know why I thought we could be friends ever. He dropped his smirk and his face became grave at her words. His crimson eyes smoldered dangerously as he said, I never want to be your friend. Pink cheeks, don't try to be my friend. At his words, she felt like he'd landed a punch to her gut. The breath went out of her and she felt cold. She didn't know how to respond to that. She knew her face had fallen, but his eyes still remained severe. The prince's call ended then, and he turned back to them. Sorry about that, he said with sincerity. Machaco spun back around to face him again. Oh no, you do whatever you have to do, your, um, majesty? She'd said, your majesty, in English. He chuckled lightly. You don't have to call me that. Just Nate is fine. She recalled that in the Western world, calling someone by their given name was common and acceptable for most anyone. Calling someone by their last name was often done by a superior who looked down on his subordinates there. Okay, Nate. She tried, blushing. He smiled sweetly. Machaco heard Bakio snort quietly, but ignored him. So if you don't mind me asking, Nate, what is your business here in Japan? She asked to curb the possibility of him asking them about their hero status again. Oh no, I don't mind. It's nothing super secretive, he replied. My family are only figureheads. The confidential stuff is handled by the Prime Minister and Parliament and the like. I'm just here to be diplomatic and shake people's hands so it's clear we're all still trusting allies. She nodded in understanding. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Nate looked past her, his eyes focusing on Bakugo. I take it you're not so talkative. Before Bakugo could open his mouth, Ajako cut him off. Oh, he talks. He's just... shy? She heard him snort again. I'm not shy. I'm just not going to talk if I have nothing to say. And if I do have something to say, I'm not going to sugarcoat it for you. Okay, buddy? Nate didn't seem phased by his boldness whatsoever. In fact, he seemed oddly pleased. I'm fine with that, he said, looking away and giving a shy smile. I like when people are honest with me, even if it's not sugar-coated like you said. So many people just do whatever they can to get in my good graces. And that's nice and all, but sometimes you just want some kind of resistance, you know? Someone who'll push back. Jocko exchanged a quick glance with Bakugo. At least she knew he was just as surprised by that response as she was. The limo pulled up under the overhang of the hotel they would be staying in. As expected, it was very posh, with elegant furnishings everywhere. There was even a grand piano in the lobby and a humongous fish tank behind the front desk. The chauffeur checked them in, and bellboys dressed in fancy vests with cummerbunds came to take their bags and show them to their rooms. Ajaka was feeling overwhelmed by all of the incredible hospitality and excess. The elevator they rode in had a glass back so they could see out into the city as they traveled up. The view was so incredible it took her breath away. A small part of her wished Deku were here to see this with her. He would probably be ooing and aahing right along with her. But instead, it was just Bakugo, his back turned to the glass, arms folded. They arrived at the 35th floor, the penthouse suite, and the elevator actually opened onto the room. Achako just stood there stunned, taking the whole thing in. Even Bakugo seemed momentarily shocked by the opulence of it all. 
The room was outfitted with a full kitchen, a dining room, and a living area with a gigantic flat-screen TV. There was not so much a balcony or patio as a huge deck that held a swimming pool and a jacuzzi. She forgot herself for a second and let out a huge grin spread across her face as she turned to Bakugo, wishing he would be excited with her, knowing he probably wasn't, but not letting it spoil her mood now. Then she ventured deeper into the penthouse, going to explore every room. There was a little office set up, complete with a desk and computer, three lush bedrooms with king-size beds, a beautiful bathroom with a long vanity and a beautifully tiled shower, and one master bedroom at the end of the hall that had its own bathroom. Here are your cards, one of the bellboys said to Nate. As you know, the elevator requires your key card to reach this level, so please don't lose it. Nate thanked them all and tipped each of them generously before they went off back down the elevator. What do you think of this? He asked excitedly, like he was a kid showing off a new toy. Achako nearly bounced with excitement. It's absolutely amazing. I've never seen anything like this, and I don't think I ever will again. It's like a dream. He beamed at her and turned hopefully to Bakugo, who had stepped only a few feet into the room. Bakugo noticed the attention on him and then realized an answer was expected of him. It's fancy and all that, but I'm just here to do a job. The accommodations don't matter to me. He shrugged. Nate, once again, accepted his response readily and seemed pleased by it, still granting him a warm smile. Well, I know it's an awful idea, but I am beyond jet-lagged and have nothing I have to do today, so if you two don't mind, I would like to take a nap, Nate said kindly. I'll be in the master bedroom if anyone needs me. Feel free to make yourselves at home. Here are your key cards. He placed them on the kitchen island. Yes, it even had an island. The fridge and pantry should be fully stocked. And with that, he lightly bowed and headed down the hall toward the master bedroom. A silence hung over the room as Ochako realized this was the first time she'd been truly alone with Bakugo since the night he'd made her that delicious ramen. She still wondered to herself sometimes if he'd been down there making food for himself or if he'd known she'd be hungry because she missed dinner and had made it specially for her. Every time she considered it, though, she inwardly laughed at herself. Bakugo might have been that observant, but it was naive of her to think he was that considerate. But, then again, he might have done it hoping to see her and reel her in after their kiss. After all, he hadn't known at the time that she'd been made aware of his plotting. She let this line of thinking go, as going down this path always ended up confusing her, and she could never get definitive answers if she didn't ask him, and she was not going to ask him. Bakugo began loosening his gauntlets and sliding them off turning his back to her and walking toward the hallway. Wait, what are you doing? Where are you going? She asked, following him into the hall before she realized she shouldn't really care. I'm going to my room, he said, looking back at her like she was dumb. Well, don't you think we should talk? Make a plan or something? She said awkwardly, trying to sound like she was being professional instead of having failed at minding her own business. He fully turned back to her looking quizzical. Stop talking, she shouted at herself. Why are you trying to keep him here, of all things? Let him go. What's there to plan? He asked. He's going to run around town, meeting up with more yuppie bastards, and we're going to follow him around until the end of the week. That's it. Ochako's mouth thinned into a line. I don't know why you're being so negative about him. He's really nice and genuine. He's even been accepting of you for crying out loud. Bakugo rolled his eyes. I'm not interested. What does that even mean? She asked, getting annoyed. He sighed and shook his head. She could feel her blood pressure rising each second she spent talking to him, 
She tried to tamp down her anger as best she could. This wasn't what she wanted. She didn't even want to work like this with him, always picking fights. She took a deep breath before she spoke again. Look, Bahio, we have to work together this week, and I don't want us to be at each other's throats this whole time, so let's just air everything out right now, okay? He didn't answer, just kept his eyes on hers, setting his gauntlets on the floor and leaning against the wall, arms crossed yet again. Okay, she said, taking that as affirmation. Her heart was already pounding with anxiety, unsure of how well this would go. So, you kissed me. I found out you were trying to mess with me to get at Deku. I got mad. We argued. We haven't talked for weeks, and now we're here, and we should try to be civil. His eyebrows went up slightly at her words. Don't act like it was all one-sided, Floaty. You kissed me back. If you hadn't, I wouldn't have kept going. Pachaco looked down, biting her lip. He wasn't wrong, but was that really an important detail? Okay, so we both kissed each other. Whatever. And then that other stuff happened, and it won't be happening again, so it really doesn't matter. I want us to do this mission like we're at least capable of being in the same room without wanting to tear each other's heads off. Can we please act like adults for just this week? And then you can go back to ignoring me if you want, or we can go back to nitpicking at each other again. I don't care. He narrowed his molten eyes at her for a moment, seeming to consider what she was saying. She stared back at him unflinchingly. She wanted him to know she was serious about this. Strangely, he looked away from her then, back toward the living room to look out at the city. He would want to go back to how things were before? She wasn't sure, but Ajako suspected he didn't mean before this school year, but rather before they had kissed, when he'd been doing his best to irritate her every day. Still worrying her lip between her teeth, she shifted her gaze down to the floor. I mean, she faltered, trying to find the right words. I'd rather you not be mean to me, but I guess that's better than you acting like I don't exist. She peered back up at him. He hadn't taken his eyes from the horizon, but his face was a little softer now, calmer. Jacka wondered then when she had stopped hating her seemingly hostile interactions with him. When had she begun to enjoy how energized she'd felt by them? When had she begun to prefer that over how he'd practically ignored her like the last two years prior? Was she dumb? Was she a glutton for punishment? No, she thought to herself. You didn't like how he treated you. You never let him get away with it. You like how you felt about yourself when you stood up to him. Was that enough to essentially forgive and forget what he'd been trying to do to her to get to Deku, though? If she wanted to forgive him, she would have to get over that without hope of apology on his part, wouldn't she? The likelihood of him actually saying he was sorry outright was slim to none. Fine, he finally said, cutting into her thoughts. He looked back at her, his expression stoic, but his red eyes burning into hers. We'll make this work somehow, but that doesn't mean I'm going to fake being nice. She nodded, feeling more relieved, the beginnings of a smile on her lips. And I won't kiss you anymore, he added, and her smile fell away. Not unless you want me to. Ajako felt her cheeks flush, and she couldn't look away from those piercing crimson eyes as they bored into her. They just stood staring at each other for what could have been seconds, or minutes, or hours. She was unsure she lost herself within those blazing orbs. Then the spell was broken as he leaned down to grab his gauntlets and turned away from her to enter the bedroom, not three feet away from him, and close the door, leaving her alone with her thoughts in the hall. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this reading, please use the AO3 link in the description to give the author a well-deserved kudos and comment. 
Also, don't hesitate to message us on Twitter with your requests for fix to be read.